Welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening today. You can find our podcasts at nllutheranpodcast.com. You can also subscribe on Podbeam, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play Music. If you have any questions for Pastor Eric or would like to suggest topics for our podcast, you can email Pastor Eric at eric, E-R-I-K, dot Anderson at nllutheran.com. All right, guys, thanks for listening in today. This is Pastor Eric. Uh, We are continuing in our series on the chair, and we spent all 2019 walking through our strategy here at New Life to see people transformed, uh, people's hearts transformed, their lives transformed, our whole community transformed, and our world transformed through the power of the gospel. And now we're moving into our third uh, section um, called The Chair, which is personal devotions, family devotions. And so we introduced way back um, when we started this this series, we introduced daily prayer. We had Pastor Jason Palmer on to talk about the historical context of daily prayer, and now we're jumping back into that conversation, and we're gonna we're gonna do what we did with our families. So uh, we have several interviews lined up, and we're just asking people the question: what What do they do when they pray? What are they experiencing? Uh, and so we're just gonna have uh, several conversations about that, and then we're gonna jump into uh, reading scripture, and then we'll have the same format. With that, so today with me uh, we have we we've had this guest before. He's a very good friend of mine. Um, had some significant changes in his life the last few weeks, and so uh, I'm sure that he'll tell us about that. Uh, but coming um, to us from Durham, United Kingdom, is Bishop Ryan Mackey. So, Bishop, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Pastor Eric, it's good to see you again, my friend. Good to hear your voice, and uh, thanks for having me back on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you just give us a quick update about the changes in your life the last couple weeks? Well, uh, two weeks ago today, my wife and I and our cat um, made the journey from uh, Kansas to Durham, England, where I am going to start the first of four years of doing postgraduate education here at Durham University, uh, specifically within the music department. Uh, The end goal uh, at the end of four years will be a PhD in music and theology. Hmm. And uh, I'm really excited to be here. I've actually um, already gotten to meet a lot of people from both the UK as well as the US and just kind of scattered around the world uh, in a couple of weeks. And uh, it's been a little bit of a culture shock, culture shift, mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that we speak uh, a, f- a fairly close language. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely been a, a, a learning experience, to say the least. Yeah. So so what's been um, not, not necessarily the hardest thing, but what's been the most like most challenging as you, you say it's a culture shock, culture shift? What's what's been the most challenging thing that you've already noticed communicating and kind of living in Durham, and also what's been like the maybe like surprising or what's been the most exciting thing that you've experienced since you've you've been there? I think in terms of challenges, I'll just say this more from the challenges from more of the academic side of things. So having been an educator for several years, having already done a couple of graduate degrees, uh, this week alone, I've this past week, I've sat in three different sessions. I have one more on Friday to introduce me to the life and the rhythm of the university and my department. And it's just just looking at the differences between the, the universities that I've already attended and graduated from and this one. So, for example, they show you in the handbook, this is um, if you achieve this percentage of a score, it's a pass. So mm-hmm. over here, 50 percent and above is a pass. Oh, wow. No kidding. Yes. So if you get then in the 60th between 60 and 69 percent, it's with its merit. And then if you get 70 plus, it's with distinction. The academics are much more rigorous there. Like you, you are know, not at least on, at least on paper. That's what it, that's what I'm the vibe I'm getting. Okay. I'm just like, wow, that's, that's kind of scary. <laughs> Especially <laughs> a bit. Grow, growing up shooting for A's, you know, shooting for 90% or above, 
you're thinking all of a sudden like, wow, if I if I nail a 55% on this thing, I'm doing really well. One of the professors said nobody gets 100%. And I'm just like, part of me was just like, oh, dear Lord, what what is going to become of me? And part of me was like, challenge accepted. <laughs> and are, do you do you feel like you're a perfectionist? Is that is that something that you, is that like a personality trait you have? Or I, I am a perfectionist. Um, and having done two master's degrees already, um, neither of which I came out of with a 4.0, um, the first one I came close. The second one was a little bit further down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also realized that sometimes life steps in. Sure. Um, right. Matter of fact, that's the session that Allison and I, my wife Allison and I attended this afternoon were for those of us who are part of the university who don't live on campus. Yeah. We, we are okay. called livers out. So okay. we live outside the, the footprint of the campus. That's where our home is. And, uh, it was really interesting how they were saying, we know that life happens and life happens for you guys, uh, maybe more so living out, being mature students, um, because it was all just postgrads in there, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. So maybe having families. And so life looks different, acts different for you than undergrads who are like 18, 19 years old. Um, so that, that was really encouraging. Um, I think in terms of some of the exciting stuff or some of the stuff that's uh, been getting exciting as we've been here now for two weeks is uh, after we did this session, we walked to uh, a tea and coffee shop um, for something hot to drink and and a scone. And we were kind of like, hey, we're kind of starting to get to know this part of town just mm-hmm. from you know redundancy. And, uh, and Allison was like, well, we should take this footpath instead of that one because this one's flatter and it gets us there faster versus this way. Mm which might seem more direct. It's just fewer, you know, turns and stuff like, or yeah, like that. And it's kind of like, okay. And I said, this is what I'm hoping to get towards the familiarity, knowing the ins and outs, preferably sooner rather than later. Later, Sure. Yeah. Well, good. That's fun. Good. Well, good for you guys. And, and, you know, we're very close and, and, and I've been praying for you guys and I know that you'll do great there. Um, so I'm excited. I'm proud of you. And even though, which is strange, you know, it's strange you, you being my, my professor and my elder, uh, I, I'm still, I feel very proud of you being, being there and, and working hard. So, so we are, um, going to talk a little bit about, about prayer and your prayer life. Um, our listeners probably remember, maybe they don't about eight weeks ago now, six weeks ago, uh, Jason, Pastor Jason came on and, and gave us a historical paradigm uh, for daily prayer. So we talked a lot about how, um, at least, uh, how, how historically people prayed. And so we talked mm-hmm. about the, the monastic traditions and kind of the devotional traditions and some of those things. And so what we, what we came down to, uh, one of the highlights, I think, was one of the big things that, um, that, that we identified throughout history is that through all history – there were these kind of set hours of prayer and the two predominant ones were the morning and the evening prayer. And now in pastor Jason's tradition, uh, which is kind of a Methodist Anglican flavor, that morning and evening prayer, um, out of the, the book of common prayer, the Episcopal book of common prayer is kind of his dominating experience, uh, for Lutherans. Um, there is a morning and evening prayer, uh, that's set, um, that that's set in the congregation, Although most of the, I, I'm guessing all of our uh, congregants here and most Lutherans across the United States are probably not as familiar with that morning and evening kind of set liturgical style prayer. So devotional, the devotional prayers and devotional kind of activities, um, personal devotional activities have more dominated uh, kind of the American Lutheran Lutheran experience. So that kind of gives you maybe some categories that you can kind of work with us a little bit and talk about um, how you yourself have experienced those things. So what I want to start off with um, is just to ask you right now, what is your what is your rhythm of prayer? Um, when when do you pray? How do you set when you pray? And some of the, so why don't you just talk us through throughout a normal week? Um, how do you set up your prayer life? Well, the, the way it's predominantly been the last handful of years is um, up until we moved here, uh, I had been part of a uh, of a fellowship of an oratory um, that was uh, Dr. Jacob Kaufman, whom you're very familiar with, uh, dean of academics at yeah. Central Christian College of Kansas, my, my former uh, full-time teaching place. 
uh, he and I would get together uh, Monday through Thursday at either 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning, however the academic year was falling that year, and we would do morning prayer out of the Book of Common Prayer, the 79 Book of Common Prayer, the same one Pastor Jason uses. Uh, we do that Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and then uh, Wednesday morning we do the Eucharist, uh, right two out of the Book of Common Prayer, and we would pretty much just go go through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would follow the the readings out of the lectionary. Um, if there were specific collects um, for the day, uh, you know, we would would use the the calendar, the church calendar. If there was any feasts or observations right. or anything like that, we would. Um, try and tie into those, particularly if there are ones that were more meaningful to us. So the name of our of our oratory of our group was called All Saints. Okay. So November first, All Saints, yeah. we would make sure to observe that um, feast of Saint Nicholas. He's my patron saint, so we would you know do that. Um, Saint Patrick's Day, which is the founding of our diocese, we'd observe that. Um, Saint Anthony, and just kind of so on and so forth. There'd be a, a few a few big ones along with the twelve apostles. Um, the Virgin Mary, so mm-hmm. so on and so forth. We would we would catch some of the some of the major ones. Uh, we invited faculty, staff, students, whomever wanted to join us. It was never big, right. uh, maybe five or six of us at the largest. Okay. Uh, but we continued that rhythm. Usually, wouldn't take us. I mean, neither one of us preached. <laughs> you know, especially on Wednesdays when there's yeah. a section for the homily, we're just kind of like, you know, we got to go teach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it'd be fifteen, no longer than twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that we uh, appreciated was that moment to, and I know this sounds strange, especially at the very beginning of the day, but that moment to pause at the beginning of the day, kind of before you, you, you took the plunge into yeah. your day, mm-hmm. moment, moment to focus, a moment to um, set the day up, mm-hmm. hopefully right, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. if nothing else, that you would have read and heard scripture Right. That would hopefully come back to your ears in a moment of need That's right. uh, later in that day. So, um, and the I'm sure you and Pastor Jason went through this, but the you know whether it's uh, the the prescripted prayers like mm-hmm. the collect, mm-hmm. uh, praying of the Lord's Prayer, right. the one of the forms of the Creed, usually the Apostles' Creed, yep. uh, uh, the prayers of the people, mm-hmm. prayers of the people became increasingly important to us. Uh, over these last five years, just mm-hmm. as we both, uh, Dr. Kaufman and myself, just became more um, socially conscious, socially aware, aware of the needs of our particular community there sure. at the college. Sure. Um, just became a, a way that we could uh, ex- be a little more personal mm-hmm. and, and express via that. Um, and then in the evening, uh, at some point in the evening, would just kind of be um, on our own. Sure. Um, yeah. So, what was using the um, the evening prayer um, or Compline mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Compline out of the Book of Common Prayer uh, for for probably about nine months to a year? I had um, an order that I'd kind of kind of written myself that I wasn't trying to like write a prayer book or anything like that, but I mm-hmm. it was an attempt to memorize certain parts of both. Um, the mass as well as uh, evening prayer. Mm-hmm. So just using the different parts, the Kyrie, the Gloria, right. um, mm-hmm. the confession, mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. And just had about a, a compact little five-minute right. that I could either say out loud or if my wife and I were already in bed, then I could just pray silently mm-hmm. as as we fell asleep. Um so in terms of like things that are a little more regimented, that's that's kind of where I fall is that morning prayer and then that that evening prayer. Yeah, we, and, and Pastor Jason and I, we talked about how um, it, it seems to be that people either either land more comfortably with uh, rote prayers, you know, established prayers, or some people land a little bit more comfortably uh, doing more like extemporaneous um prayers, not, not written prayers, just kind of out of, you know, out of your head, out of your heart, you know, as you, as you think and dwell, um, do you have like, do you have an affinity towards one or the other? Do you find yourself kind of, because, because if, if, 
our listeners may not remember, but going way back to when you and I had a conversation about um, the, the worship service, the divine service, as, as we kind of call it in the, in the Lutheran world, the um, y- you come from a tradition that is both liturgical and charismatic. You come mm-hmm. from this background that is both very comfortable with uh, expression and uh, emotion and emotive kinds of worship, and also with liturgical expressions and rote. So you kind of have you kind of come from this tradition that has both. Do you kind of find an affinity toward one or the other in your own personal prayer life? How do you how do you kind of fit? Where, where do you find um, the most peace? Where do you find the most comfort? when you're praying, do you find it in the more like rote prayers or the more kind of expressive, um, you know, extemporaneous prayers? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember where, where it exactly is, but, um, where Paul says, uh, desire the best gift. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then it begs the question, well, what's the best gift? Mm -hmm. And, uh, one pastor I heard say, well, it's the gift that's needed Mm -hmm. at the moment. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think that um, I think there are times, especially if it's if it's in response to something going on in the day, mm-hmm. that the extemporaneous prayers um, are more fitting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if there's a tragedy that's yeah. happened, right? Um, you know, from somebody who, like you said, comes from kind of this. Um, to, you know, both pieces together, the praying extemporaneous, a little more charismatic, praying rote prayers, maybe a little more liturgical. Um, I lean a little bit more maybe into the charismatic side okay. and just begin to to pray, to praise, you know, something that's out of that. Um, and then at the same time, um, you know, maybe it's saying grace at a meal Maybe, I mean, just walking through the city of Durham at any, any given time, you hear bells chiming, mm-hmm. you know, two or three times an hour, mm-hmm. the, the bells of the cathedral t- chime on the, on the quarter hour. So they, oh, wow. they chime throughout the day. So you can hear those bells chimes and it can just kind of quicken you to, you know, say the Our Father or say the Angelus or, you know, any, any number of, of, wrote prayers of prescripted mm-hmm. prayers. One of the beautiful things that people can learn, um, as they delve further into a rhythm of prayer is how, is how the two can actually feed into one another. Yeah. They're not yeah. metrically opposed. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's times when I'll start off with kind of the more free flowing and I'll dovetail into a rote prayer and mm-hmm. times when I'll start with a rote prayer and then dovetail into the more free flowing. One of the one of the funniest examples I've heard of this actually comes from the uh, the Orthodox writer uh, Frederica Matthews Green, mm-hmm. and she describes um, I don't recall which of her books it's in, but she describes this moment where she's at this um, ecumenical like prayer gathering or something like community prayer gathering, and uh, <clears throat> they were having pastors from all these different traditions stand up. Mm-hmm. And and pray for different things for the community or mm-hmm. lead different prayers. Mm-hmm. And she said, it's just this sea of different denominations. And so the Orthodox priest stands up there and he starts pr- praying the Trisagion prayer. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal one, have mercy on us. But he doesn't just do it like like I just right. did and kind of shot it out there. He 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 he. he he played jazz with it. He, mm-hmm. he, you know, let the words breathe and linger and, you know, gave it, gave it some emphasis, you know, something we might be a little bit more, uh, the way she described it is something you might find more in like African-American oh, sure. churches. Mm-hmm. So that rhythm a little bit. And she said the people around her started like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. started agreement, you know, kind of adding their, you know, yeses and amens as, as he was praying through this. And she was like, I've never heard wow. that prayer, seen that prayer in the same light right. since. Right. Um, I do think, though, that it takes, um, like just about anything, whether you're playing an instrument, playing a mm-hmm. sport, mm-hmm. Um, it takes a certain familiarity, certain right. skill level, certain right. comfort level um, to be able to go either way right. with 
Yeah, that's what I, you know, when I, when I coach, um, when I, when I, not when I coach, that's not a great word. Not, not a great way to say it. Um, when, when people ask me how to pray, when they, when they ask me, how should I pray? I always say, pray the Psalms, pray the Psalms, pray the Psalms, pray the Psalms. I just, I'm like, I, I, I just tell everybody that. And, and I, when I teach people how to pray the Psalms, um, I, teach them uh, to pray a line or a verse, you know, however, you know, I, I walk through how, um, you know, Hebrew poetry works in couplets, you know, so you have these nice like uh, couplets. And so I, I kind of walk through those and I say, you know, when you come to the end of one, stop and then say it in your own words. And so, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, it's, it's that, it's that same be, be creative with it. Take the rote, uh, prayer, take the rote expression and then give it your own creativity and your own, uh, uh, mind, you know, your own spirituality. So then you're, you're adding to this prayer and, and especially with the Psalms, you know, we, we claim, you know, I love Dietrich Bonhoeffer. We, you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about how Jesus knew the Psalms and he probably prayed all 150 of the Psalms that we have. He probably, he had, and he probably prayed them. And so we know that it that in fact Jesus prays those psalms with us. You know, he has prayed them and he he adds and so we're like we're adding our prayers to Jesus's prayers when we pray the psalms and when we um when we add our own words to them when we make them our own. So that's kind of how I coach do that same thing. You take that rote prayer but then you add and then the nice thing is you can add as much or as little as you're comfortable with. You you know, some right. people were going to be very uh, after years of doing that, they're going to be, feel very comfortable, um, kind of weaving in other references and weaving in, um, you know, praying God's word back to Him, weaving in other, reminding God of of um, the the works that He's done, and 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 adding other parts from different Psalms in there, and you kind of create, you do create your own prayer. Um, you're just using you're yeah. using words that have been given to you to pray. Um, so I like that. I like that. Um, doing doing a both and approach and not necessarily one or the other. So. Yeah. And it's especially for people who maybe are curious about extemporaneous prayer but don't don't feel comfortable, you know, just kind of jumping out there and 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 trying it's like you know, just start it like you would, you know, any basic conversation. Start simple. Right. right. Hi. Yeah. You know, start start, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. A liturgical high to to yeah. God, and then just just it it sounds it almost sounds trite, um, and it's actually a line from from a country song. Talk to God like you were talking to a friend, right? Right. You know, right. which is difficult for some people um, because you know a lot of people they're either. God is the omnipotent, omnipresent, all powerful, right. you know, sitting up in heaven with the lightning bolts, you know, right, sort of a thing. Right, right. Or it's Jesus is my homeboy. Right. You know, mm-hmm. sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. When it's 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 a both and relationship. Yeah. So there's times when you you pour your heart out to God and then there's other times when you bow before him as the king. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And and they're they're not in conflict with each other. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right. That's great. So for you, you know, personally, can you kind of walk us through something that I don't think we talk about much? And I know that I notice in my own congregation is that people feel um, uncomfortable with praying, mm. uncomfortable with praying out loud, I should say. And and I'm guessing that's that's because they're not praying often on their own and they're not actually praying. And I'm guessing, again, that that's like that's partly just an access issue. They don't know how to do it. They don't, they've never been taught um, how to pray and they don't know what to expect when they pray. So one of the things that I want to do um, with these interviews is to kind of dispel um, some of the mystery around prayer. So as you're praying and you're talking to God, um, which at its heart is what prayer is, it's having a conversation with God, right? So when you're having a conversation with God through prayer, if it's rote, extemporaneous, whatever, however expression, whatever expression of prayer you're using at the time, what are you, what what kind of emotions are you experiencing? What's going on in your mind? Because I know for myself and I know for others um, that sometimes it can almost feel like a hindrance because it just kind of feels like we're just thinking. We're just 
thinking things um, and or talking to an imaginary friend or that kind. Of, so can you kind of can you just just clear the smoke a little bit for us when you pray? What are you experiencing inside your mind, inside your emotions, um, in your soul, in your body? What are some of the things that you experience when you pray? And uh, and and how has that maybe shifted or changed? And what would you how would you encourage? Uh, one of your congregation members or one of my congregation members, if they're confused about what to expect in prayer. I, so I'm going to, I'm going to start with a caveat. Um, and it's one that I've said to, to my students for years. Uh, and that is your mileage may vary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I would read when I was, a when I was in college and just after college, I would read these autobiographies and biographies of these men and women of God and read about their, um, sometimes ecstatic experiences yeah. in prayer mm-hmm. and then think, well, what's wrong with me? Yeah, that's right. You know, that I'm, that I'm not having these, you know, whether it's, um, what is it? Uh, St. Teresa, who's having these ecstatic experiences, experiences or the charismatic pastors, or even John Wesley, for goodness sake, yeah, yeah. you know, Martin Luther, these guys who are praying for three and four and five hours. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's not happening uh-huh, today or, uh-huh. you know, tomorrow doesn't look too good with that. Um, I think when, when I approach, like, let's just start with morning prayer. So when I approach morning prayer, when I would come in and I would join join my friend, uh, it was actually kind of a relief mm. to do morning prayer out of the prayer book because I didn't have to make it up. Mm-hmm. You know, I I was kind of using something that's kind of tested and tried and true in a way, and I found it to be fairly liberating mm. uh, because I kind of I, I felt like somebody else had already laid a foundation for me and I just had to build on top of that. Right. And it wasn't that anything that I was adding or doing additionally was necessarily like breaking new ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the, the repetition, because I mean, every morning it's the Lord's prayer. Every morning it's the apostles creed. Every morning you pray. Um, there's like three options for, mm-hmm. um, invitatory Psalms. Right. Uh, and then, and then you can read, you know, another Psalm or two, uh, in addition to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I remember at one point after doing it for a few years, we, we'd been doing just the Psalms that were in morning prayer. Mm-hmm. And after a while we flipped it over to the Psalms that were in evening prayer because we didn't pray together in the evening. Sure. But we're, you know, after the whatever time of praying, you know, Psalm, 95, 95 mm-hmm. whatever it was, you're kind of like, okay, well, let's see what the other Psalms, you know, yeah, yeah. the other 75 that we're not getting to uh-huh. because we're just doing morning prayer. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's have those for the season. Um, so there was, I reached a point in doing that where my mind got off of the text in a sense of I, I had become so anchored to the text, like in a good way. Mm-hmm. So I didn't need to worry about it. Mm. I, I could, I started at one point, um, I would actually close my eyes during certain portions of morning prayer, not because I was feeling like hyper spiritual or look at me, um, is because I knew that part from memory. Mm-hmm. And so rather than have my eyes focused on a page and on a text, um, I would then allow the Holy Spirit to kind of start breathing and speaking again. I'm just doing, I'm doing the same text that the other people in the group are going off of or praying or reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was trying to find like maybe another layer down in the text and maybe sometimes a word or a phrase would pop out mm-hmm. to me in this, in this portion that we've been reading every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Listening, listening through to the Psalms, praying the Psalms together, especially we prayed them antiphonally. So whoever was officiating for morning prayer that day, you know, they would lead through everything. Um, when we had enough people, we would, um, 
we would sometimes we would split like if we had four people we'd split two and two or we'd do the leader and the rest of us right, right. And go back and forth and just to have that rhythm yeah uh, of again you say a line and then somebody else says a different line and getting to hear the voice of mm-hmm. scripture out of different voices yeah uh, was really kind of beautiful because the timbre of their voice is different. The pitch of their voice is different. The inf- their inflection, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they have a different accent. Yeah, and you're not you're hearing it in the mm-hmm. in a similar way. Um, one of the one of the reasons that I found a lot of people, and I primarily worked with college students as well as adults. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people that a lot of reasons that people don't necessarily start with. Mm-hmm. Um, doing a prayer book sort of thing is because they're afraid they're going to mess up right. when they get in a group setting. Mm-hmm. And I, I can completely appreciate that because I've had that experience more than once. And once you get in and once you get in the, the rhythm and the flow, um, it's, it's an absolutely wonderful way to experience community uh, and to, particularly if you're stepping into a different tradition. So, you know this uh, from having taken one of my classes. You go and you you spend a weekend with a bunch of sisters, Catholic mm-hmm. sisters, nuns at their convent, and you step into a different a different way of praying. Right. Same thing, really prayer, mm-hmm. but there's a something different. Right. And and they love people learning and helping them and guiding them through. And yeah. so you you willingly enter into the liturgical life of the congregation that yeah. you're a part of. Um which is just another great expression of, of trying to knit together more closely the body of Christ, I right, think. Right. Um, in terms of uh, kind of then throughout the rest of maybe my experience with prayer, um, I think that, or, or with this, trying to set people up for success, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. um, so to say, um, I hesitate to say hold your expectations low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, it makes it sound like I'm trying to limit God, but I'm not right. trying to limit God. Right. But as I, I said at the beginning, um, you know, it's not necessarily going to be like, you know, a shaft of light coming from the heavens right. and the angelic right. choir and things like that. Um, sometimes it, it can seem like you're walking uphill. Mm-hmm. Um Durham is a city of hills. You can literally walk uphill both directions uh, when you're going from point A to point B and back. And from two flatlanders coming to uh, a rather hilly area, mm-hmm. it's it's taking our body some conditioning right. to be able to do this as we're adapting to this new rhythm. Mm-hmm. And we realize that we have to give ourselves grace. Yeah as we enter into this, because there's going to come a day when we will be walking up this steep hill, mm-hmm. you know, with a mm-hmm. backpack, with, with a bag or something like that. Yeah. And we're not going to think anything of it. We're just going to go up the hill and then we're going to get to the top of the hill and turn around and say, boy, remember when that used to be tough? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anymore. Didn't even, didn't even give it a thought. Just walked up the hill. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's the same way, uh, at times with the life of, a uh, of, a rhythm of prayer of daily prayer mm-hmm. is that, you know, eventually it's kind of like riding a bicycle. Eventually you don't even, you don't even think about the fact that you're riding without training wheels. You just get on and ride right. or driving. Right. You know, you just do it. You just, mm-hmm. you just parallel park, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you just do, do the different things. You change lanes, etc. cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you fall into that rhythm. Mm-hmm. And at some point, which has happened to me, which has happened to groups I've been in, you're going along and whoever's leading, they skip a step. They skip one of the portions of morning mm-hmm. prayer. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you realize that the rhythm is wrong. Uh, yeah. Quote unquote wrong. The rhythm changed. Right. And everyone's like, wait, what feels different? Right. Back up. Mm-hmm. Start there. The world's not going to end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to that point. And we go on. So. I know that like, I know that for me, um, the benefits, uh, yeah, the benefits paid off much later than, mm-hmm. um, I expected. Cause I, I remember, you know, you, I mean, 
I'm not a particularly emotional kind. Like I don't, I'm not a huge, like touchy feely. Oh, it doesn't this like feel great. You know, I'm not like a huge, that that's not big for me. Um, and so having that expectation of like, you know, you hear these people talk about prayer and you're like, you know, they're like, yeah, they're, it's, it's such an ecstatic experience and, and you're thinking, okay, is there something wrong with me? Do I actually believe yeah. that God hears me when I, when I pray, do I actually believe in a God? You know, it's like, it, it led me there. Uh, where if yeah. I, if I'm not having these experiences and other people are, then is there even a God who's listening to me? You know, it's like those kinds of doubts, those kinds of questions. And it, and it right. wasn't until, um, later that, uh, that it began to pay off when it, when you begin to realize that the Holy Spirit filling you and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit working in my life wasn't so much, oh, I feel really good all the time, or I feel really, yeah. uh, I, I'm, I'm having these deep emotional experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, there really was more, uh, like I'm realizing that the life of Christ is living out in me, and so it's that like the fruit of the Spirit. Um, kind of conversation where you look back and you say, oh, those fruits were are operable in my life where they weren't before um, kind yeah. of thing. So, you know, we, I remember laying in bed one night and um, thinking about our finances or something like that, you know, and it's, and of course it's kind of, you know, it's tight and that kind of, you know, it's tight for everybody. And, you know, then I began to like feel anxiety, you know, and feel worry laying in bed. And, and it was right during, um, or, or it was right before, yeah, it was like right during my uh, my evening prayer. I was like doing my evening prayer laying in bed at 11 o'clock at night or whatever. And uh, and so then I was just like, oh, well, I, I, you know, I should, I just need to pray. So, you know, I made, I do, I did the simple form that I talked about last week. I did the sign of the cross. I started reciting the creed. And, uh, you know, I believe in God, the Father Almighty. And the Holy Spirit just like stopped me. And he was like, did you hear what you just said? Or did you hear what you just thought? Um, I believe in God, the father almighty. And so yeah. it was like one of those things where it's like, God is either almighty or he's not. And that like the Holy spirit just stopped me in my worry. And, yeah. and then I had this moment where I was like, okay, if I'm going to believe that God is almighty, I need to give up. I need to give up this anxiety. Cause like at the end of the day, you know, whatever, like if we, if we don't have money, then, I'm still okay. You know, like I'm still God's child. And so it was like in that moment, the, the anxiety washed away and was replaced with peace, you know? Um, and, and that was, that's probably one of the most, just to be completely honest, one of the most emotional moments I had, I've had in my prayer life where one of the, it was like this kind of like instant tangible. Um, there's a difference in my emotion because the Holy spirit, spoke to me, um, and brought out the, the life of Jesus in my, in my life where my anxiety was given over to God and it was, and it was replaced with the peace of Jesus. And so, you know, for me, I know it, it, it's taken a long, it's, it takes a long time for that kind of regular prayer, um, to, to bear out, um, in my, in my experience, it has been, but then you look back and you see the fruit of the spirit is operable in your life. So that that's been the change for me is where realizing that the Holy spirit doesn't work on the emotional level. Um, he can work on the emotional level Absolutely. and for some people he does and that's great. Um, but, but he hasn't in my life. Um, but he always works on, on the, uh, on the uh, life change level, the transformational level where you look back and yep. you go, Oh, there, there is a difference in my life. And so the fruit of prayer isn't um, the, isn't an emotional payoff. The fruit of prayer is, is the life of Christ living in you. So I know for me, it's like, you know, I, I have like really probably, I have at least one tangible experience, but one that's like memorable. Um, one that I'm like, I remember this in my prayer life. Um, but the rest has been looking back and going, oh, I'm a different person than I was. Yeah. I see Christ in me more than I did four years ago. Um, and yeah. so it's it's been a long it's been a long process. I know for me. Yeah. Well, one one thing I want to, and I'll, I guess I'll ask you the question. So the night that you had that that yeah. moment, did you finish your prayers? 
Yeah, I think so. I think I did eventually finish it. I think I actually, I think I actually stopped the creed, and I just went into the Lord's prayer. I actually think that's what happened. Um, so it just spurred me to go to the Lord's prayer, um, and, yeah. then, and then cling to that. Um, well, the way that 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 our family prays it is, uh, give us the bread we need for today. That line. Um, that's I kind of clung to that line. So I think I actually skipped the rest of the creed and prayed. Like it like spurred me to want to pray. And I, I the reason I ask is because. Thinking uh, again, we can't become so tied to a form, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, and th- this is easier for individual prayer right. than it is. Right. Like if you got a group of fifty people praying the daily office together, right. we can't become so so attached to a form yes. that we serve form instead of the God that we're praying right. to through That's the right. form. Yeah, and yeah. you know if there's that moment where you're you're like you know, praying, is God actually almighty stopping in your tracks right? and then saying, <laughs> okay, you know, I've had this revelation again, this, the heavens have not opened. Right. There, there is no angelic choir, but the Holy spirit spoke to you in that moment. Yeah. And at that point, it's kind of like, it's less about the, the, the destination, mm-hmm. so to speak, mm-hmm. more about the journey that, okay, we, we've gotten to the, the destination maybe a little sooner. Right. You know, yeah. we, we don't necessarily, I mean, you would have been quote unquote justified in just stopping right there. Right. Yeah. You know, and if you didn't finish the rest of the form, fine. Yeah. If you felt, you know, led like it sounds like you did to finish the rest of it. Spectacular. Yeah. Uh, however, if we try to serve the form over the God that we're trying to relate to through the form. Right then we're missing the mark a little bit. That's exactly right. Yeah. And the change, you know, one of the big changes for me, um, coming into the Lutheran, the Lutheran world has been, um, the realization. And and I actually don't know if I had, I guess I probably could have articulated something similar to this, but it didn't sink in until this last year, um, last year and a half, um, since reading the confessions and kind of joining the Lutheran tradition and beginning to really read Lutheran writers is that um, I, I guess the seedbed of it was back when I, I read Eugene Peterson. I read him a lot, a lot my er, as a pastor early on. I read him a little bit, yeah. I guess, in college, but but not not a whole lot. But like when I became a pastor, I just devoured his books. Um, oh, yeah. And so I, I sometimes like to think that Eugene Peterson kind of like laid the foundation for me to become a Lutheran later because he gave me some of the categories that I recognized, you know, later um, but he yeah. would say he would say prayer is um, us getting in on what God is doing, not us yes. trying to like get um, get God to do something for not trying to strong arm God or treat him like Santa Claus, but to get us right. in on what he's doing. So one of the shifts for me, um, and I don't know, maybe you can kind of talk through a more kind of Anglican, uh, maybe from an Anglican point of view, you can maybe give this uh give some thoughts on this. But for me, I, I can't, I've come to this realization the last 18 months that prayer, prayer is actually God operating on me and not me like giving him lip service. You know what I mean? So even, even the, even the work of praising God and coming to him and recognizing his glory, which sometimes I'm just drawn to, to, to that, you know, just saying, and, and that's what I'll oftentimes do during the creed um, is all re- as I'm like, as I'm saying, you know, thinking the creed, saying it mentally, I'll I'll mm. turn it into a prayer and be like, you know, yes, Lord, I do believe this. You've done this, you've done that. You know, I I'll recount His works to Him. You know, quote a psalm or you know, like I'll I'll do that work of like kind of that jazz of the creed, and I'll yep. I'll turn it into prayer. That even even me praising God is God working on me, um, and so yes. that that's been that shift for me is realizing that prayer is for my benefit and prayer is actually, prayer is actually the work of God um, to change me and not like me giving God lip service. And so that's like, that's also changed how I, how I pray and it's changed how I feel about praying is that um, I do this thing, even if I don't necessarily feel ecstatic about it um, or have an emotional experience because God's doing, he's doing something to me through this, through this thing. Um, and that's like for me, that's a very like Lutheran, or you know, I mean, it, it's sacramental, I guess, because it's God coming to to me, yep. God working on me. So it's not it's not only Lutheran; it's sacramental as a whole. 
Um, yeah, so I don't know. So that's been a change for me too, is realizing, oh, um, this is actually God's work. It's God's grace to me to change me, to make me better um, as I pray and not just me trying to like check a box anymore. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, I think that's where, and I appreciate the fact that you said, you know, it's, it's sacramental, mm-hmm. you know, even if you use kind of one of the more common definitions of sacrament of, you know, something that is, that it is transmitting grace. Right. Um, I think that's one of the great things about, um, doing a prescripted form of daily prayer. Uh, kind of like I said earlier, I don't have to make, try and make it up. Yes. Feel like I have to the mornings, you know, or those times when I'm feeling, uh, you know, over the moon, those times when I'm angry, those times when I'm feeling down, those times when I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of there, you know, I can go to those same words and those words will help recenter, refocus, calibrate, whatever term you want to put in there Mm -hmm. that, and then out of that, God can, you know, with my focus adjusted, God can, as Eugene says, you know, can let me in on what it is that's going on. It's kind of like, okay, Ryan, you need a little bit of a tune up. You need a little bit of an attitude adjustment. You need some focus here. And now you're in a position, a place to where I can work in and through, not that he couldn't if I had, but just like, you know, your car will be able to handle the cross country trip better if the engine is tuned up, if the suspension is working correctly, if you put the right kind of fuel in it Mm -hmm. and so on, it's the same way, Mm -hmm. uh, with, with, uh, doing like a form of daily prayer or, or something. And, and I like how you said on, um, the podcast last week, uh, where you're talking about, um, you know, the sign of the cross, the Lord's prayer. It's not like it has to be, long. Right. Right. I think that's the other thing that, that people feel like that they have to hit like a certain length of time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I do as hopefully less and less, it's actually a rhythm of daily prayer. Um, but when I hear an emergency service vehicle, an ambulance, a police car, fire truck, um, go by, I will make the sign of the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's something that, that I know that I can do. And sometimes that's all I do, especially if I'm with like a group of people, like at a coffee shop or restaurant or something, right. I can just really low key make it either over myself or, you know, just if I've got my hands under the table, I'll just, you know, just really slightly make mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to be big and demonstrative. But for that moment, I'm focused on the fact that those people are either going to or coming from right. somebody in a life-threatening situation. And, you know, in that moment, they need, right. I don't know what they need. Right. Yeah. And I, and I can, my wife and I have done this before where if it's just the two of us and we hear it and we're just like, you know, Lord, you know, be with them. Holy Spirit, give the people who need wisdom in that moment, the wisdom that they need for yeah. this situation to yeah. come out to restore and to bring life. And other times I'm with a whole group of people to where I can't utter any of that, but I can just real, real simply like under the table, just make the small sign of the cross and just, I'm like, I just have to leave it in the Lord's hands yeah. from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that that's like, <clears throat> I think that's small prayers. I really want to, I, I, I just know, I know that people aren't good at praying. Like I know that that's not something people feel good at and I, I'm not good at praying either. Right. So that's like, I know, and I know that that's the case. I know that's that's the that's the boat that most of my congregation is in, um, mm. and most of your congregation is in. You know, and so that's that's why I'm like, and, and that's why I like the the simple order of prayer that Martin Luther gives um, that I talked about. You know, last week is like this doesn't have to be complicated, and even just even just doing these few simple things that only take five minutes. Um, oh, yeah. that's going to put us, that's going to put us in a place where, again, like you said, God is going to, um, God's going to tune us up. He's going to operate on us. He's going to, by meditating on, on those things, he's going to work it on our lives. And so, um, yeah, I think that, I think that small is good and, uh, lots of small prayer throughout the day, um, mm-hmm. is, is a great benefit to us that I think that sometimes we, 
it's almost like we treat it like it's not real prayer or um, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, kindergarten prayer. But like, you know, at the end of the day, like Jesus wants us to be like children. So why don't we just have faith and pray like a child? Um, even when I don't have the words, somebody else has the words. Um, even if I don't have the word, and this is the, this is that, uh, you know, Jesus is interceding for us and on the father's side. And so sometimes I'm just like, Jesus, just, pray for me. Just give me, give me what I need. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what I need. I don't even know how to, how to say, how to articulate what I'm asking you. Um, just, but give it to me, you know, help me, um, pray for me. Um, ask the father on my behalf to give me this thing that I need. Um, even just relying on, on Jesus, um, to be, to be, uh, our intercessor for us, you know, that's a form of prayer. And so, um, I think simple prayers are good. Simple prayers are are good for us. Yeah, and I mean that that kind of actually tags into something else. I was I was going to mention. I know that um, well, even within my own um, uh, Anglican background spirituality, and I'm imagining it's like this with um, the Lutheran Church. Um, there's not a whole lot of people who will use like um, a rosary right. or a prayer rope. Right. Um, there's particularly when you say the rosary and there's a, a lot of thought of, oh, well, it's the Hail Mary. It's, right, right. it's Roman Catholic. It's, it's this, it's that. Right. Um, thank, thankfully there's been a lot of people over the years who have developed different forms of the rosary. I do, I have actually seen a collection of prayers for a Lutheran right. rosary yeah. mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that, again, as we, um, as we tune our attention to, Praying, and I, I, I've heard the discussion of the vain repetitions sure. before. You know, you have to pray the same prayer over and over again. Well, maybe at some point you'll get beyond the words and you'll get to the God who's behind the words. Yeah, right, right. Um, and, and so I think that sometimes that um, we need those moments. Now, I do um, pray um, a, I pray a. It's going to sound really weird. Um, I pray a broken rosary as I go about the day. So I have a, on my, on my keys, I have a rosary ring. Mm -hmm. So it has, has a cross. It's a ring. It has a cross and 10 bumps on it. And I will sit there with my hand in my pocket on my keys. And I will pray that rosary around Mm -hmm. that rosary around maybe once or twice while I'm standing waiting for traffic or talking to a student or, you know, just standing there with quote unquote, nothing better to do. Right. Right. And I'll, and I'll just pray, pray that. And sometimes I pray, you know, whether it's the, the Lord's prayer or the Sanctus or, um, portions of scripture, I'll pray for my family and friends. Yeah. Um, you know, different things like that. Um, but again, it's another it's another tool, just like the daily office, to yeah. bring us closer to God, yeah. to focus us. Um, I find for people who are particularly kinesthetic mm. uh, or tactile mm-hmm. um, that using a rosary or prayer rope or mm. prayer cross, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. something like that can be very beneficial because yeah. it gives them a means with which to focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that sometimes when a lot of people are, are introduced to rhythms of prayer, I think that's one of the things that they struggle with. Like you mentioned earlier, it seems like you're kind of just praying out into the ether. You're praying right. to, you know, uh, a nebulous construct yeah. rather than a person. And, and sometimes, uh, it requires, uh, having something a little bit extra. I think by liturgical, uh, liturgical forms of the church, um, the Lutheran Church, the Anglican Church, the Roman Catholic Church, the Eastern mm-hmm. Orthodox Church, mm-hmm. um, are seeing an uptick in like late Gen X and lower. Yeah, and it's why the and uh, sometimes I think it's why non-liturgical expressions, the Charismatic Church, and so on, have something because sometimes it, it does have that more tactile, more physical, right. more something like that. Um, it's just that some of the some of the tools like rosaries like icons like prayer books are old and seen as antiquated rather than a life breathing tradition of the church um to kind of close off if somebody walked up to you 
and said, uh, Bishop Ryan, how, how do I pray? How should I start praying? Um, what tools would you give them? What resource would you give them? What tip would you give them? What would you give them to do if they said, I, I want to learn how to pray? Maybe they're a new believer. Um, they want to mm-hmm. learn how to pray. Um, what would you tell them? Mm. I'd, I'd say, you know, the, with, without teaching them, without teaching them the Lord's prayer, without teaching them the Jesus prayer or something like that. Um, I, I would say to start with expressing your thankfulness to God, mm. you know, start, start with that thankfulness because after you start, um, from that point of, of thank you, of praising God, mm-hmm. then it seems my experience seems a little easier to go into the, the asking portion. Mm. Um, one of my, I don't know if you, if you do this or maybe you've observed this in people, a lot of people will have kind of almost their own, um, their own intro it, their own formulary of how they start right. a prayer. Uh, my, my dad's is uh, gracious heavenly father. Mm-hmm. That That's how he usually starts. Um, I use that one quite a bit and followed up with, uh, scripture says that this is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go into whatever it is that, w- mm-hmm. what, that I'm praying mm-hmm. for, you know, particularly in a group, that's more of like in a group context. Right, right. Um, and so I think that that thought of, you know, you're just starting, you're thinking, you're thinking, God, thank you. Thank you for just being there. Thank you for loving me. You know, thanks for this day. Thanks for the fact that, you know, as I said, kind of at the beginning, we're in a hotel, uh, kind of waiting for a, an apartment to to clear up for us so we can move in. So it's like, thank you, Lord, that we have a place that's got a roof and four walls. You know, thank you for the basics. You know, thank you that we have family and friends who are praying for us. Um, you know, using that and then say, you know, very simply, Lord, I'm struggling with this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just laying it out. And again, it's, it's like, you don't have to use big, big words. You don't have to use long words. You don't have to use a lot of words. Right. Um, and, and again, whether you're talking about familiarity with a form or especially praying in front of people, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a room full of people and that includes several pastors. And I'm the one who like, 75% of the time got tagged to, yeah. to pray right. before something. And so I finally was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And just using that as, as an opportunity, I finally would look at people and say, you know, you don't have to be a clergyman. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have a divinity degree. You just have to have even the minutest awareness of the goodness of God, mm-hmm. who he is and what he's done for you. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to know big theological terms. You don't have to understand the perichoretic relationship of the Trinity. Yeah. You just have to realize that God loves you and, uh, and that he wants a closer relationship with you. And so I would say, start simply start honestly. Um, if if you want tools, specific tools, the Lord's Prayer is always a great place to start. Um, there's a really good book out there called The Prayer of Fire by Lorraine Kinsley, I think is the, is the author's name, that parses out the different parts of the Lord's mm-hmm. Prayer. Mm-hmm. And then also has like a, um, oh, there's like uh, physical postures that you take up with mm-hmm. all the different parts um, that you can pray as well. Uh, and that, that's a book that if, if anybody wants to read a little bit more about that, um, that I would highly, it's a small book. So it's a very small book. Um, and then maybe one other thing is just sit and listen, you know, mm-hmm. as, as you get more comfortable with prayer, um, whether it's daily prayer, extemporaneous prayer, um, just sit and listen. And again, it doesn't have to be an hour. It doesn't even have to be 30 minutes. Take two. Take two minutes. Um, there was a Christian record label back in the 90s called Five Minute Walk Records. And the reason they named it Five Minute Walk Records is they're like, you know, if you just spend five days every minute, um, 
working on your walk with, with Jesus, then, you know, that will make a, a world of difference in your life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe it's working on your five minute walk. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a three minute walk. But just, just like you're going to take at least, you know, sometimes you sit down for a meal with your family that's an hour long. Sometimes you go out someplace really special and it takes two or three hours. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're grabbing it out the door and on your way to work. Right. Every time you're putting something into your mouth to digest to give you strength and energy, mm-hmm. prayer is the same. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a snack or it's a five course meal. Great. Thank you, Bishop Ryan. Appreciate it. Thanks, Pastor Eric. My pleasure, my friend. Yeah, we'll see you later.